first time lord i'm daniel levain and like a noob i had not seen doctor who until my friends coerced me into doing so and i started a podcast to chronicle my ascent or descent depends on how you view it into doctor who fandom and i can honestly tell you as of last week's episode I am 100% fully in and I cannot wait to keep moving forward and just enjoying the journey that has been Doctor Who so far. So returning this week to finish out our conversation of the two-parter, this is covering Doomsday. Join me in welcoming back Ashley Martin and Eric Sweetman. Yay. <laughs> like a we're Muppet. <laughs> yes, we're back. Um, and uh, as as always, dear listener, if you've not seen this episode, uh, do yourself a favor and see it. If you've not seen it in a while, you might want to refresh yourself because we are Wouldn't going nice. to... <laughs> discuss it and inevitably in doing so we are going to give away the plots of this episode so take that moment now and here we go what in the god's green earth happened here (laughs) i'm not even gonna like i I told you what she's in it now with a different i mean like i'm glad but what she no like she can't what are you doing to me russell t davies i don't even know if t is i know didn't i tell you that this was the episode like oh this is a tough one. This is the one that uh, emotionally scars you for a, a while. <laughs> You'll get over it. <laughs> like, it's Rose, like, and she's yeah. been getting with, along with the doctor so well. Like, it, well, she's getting along with two doctors so well. Right. Like, did did she just not want to come back? Is that what it was? Like, she only signed up for two seasons. Like, what the hell? Well, I haven't she read did. her contract, um, but. Uh, <laughs> She, at the beginning of this season, she signed on for just one more. So they knew when they started and they were able to plan it out throughout the whole season. But I think she, I I remember hearing her say that, you know, had she known how much fun she was going to have with David Tennant, she wouldn't have done that. And she would have stayed a little bit longer. But... It was planned. I I can't blame her because I I would happily have stuck around for as long as as Tennant was willing to. He is definitely such a good doctor, such such an amazing performer. And they are golden together. They really are. Their chemistry is so good. They're like, (laughs) it's just every part of it has been so much fun watching them interact with each other, just the relationship. I'm like, no, I can't, we can't, we can't end it this way, but I guess, you know, all good things. Right. Um, but so jumping back, we, we do get to see Mickey in action a little bit more. He's, you know, clearly not the Mickey of old. The This new Mickey, uh, having been shaped by the, the adventures that he's had in this alternate dimension, is really a much more mature, much more world travel. I, I don't want to say world... He's focused, he's, his attention, like before he was always sort of depressed that things were going on without him, that, that he wasn't part of the doctor and Rose. It's like that, those were the ones that did all these things. And even though he was there for so much of the stuff, he just was like supporting player in his own life. And now by spending that time in the other dimension, um, really fighting and, training and becoming a much more confident as a person it's like he wasn't hanging around waiting for rose to notice him anymore he's it's like he became his own person and it's really refreshing to see that i mean he he did have that one moment where they talk about rose's uh heartbeat going up 
uh, <laughs> when they mention the doctor and, and he <laughs> looks the doctor at him, being like, mentioned. Tell yeah. me about it. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he he had a great moment there, but. Uh, you know, he, but he it didn't just, send him into depression when he said it either. It's no, like, yeah, no, yeah, like he, <laughs> he was absolutely like no. ready for no, it. No, I mean, he knows by now that her heart beats only for the doctor. <laughs> Right, right. And I mean, we, uh, in a previous episode earlier, the series, Ashley uh, kept saying he almost said the L word. Remember that. And here, like she says it to him directly. She looks at the doctor and she says, I love you. And seemingly he's going to say it. And then he his time ends. The the rift is fully closed, and he you know he has a moment oh. where uh, you know with with Eccleson there were there were quite a few moments in which you saw the emotion in his eyes. Uh, most of the time it was when they were uh, referencing the time wars, but the, there were several moments in which you saw sort of tears welling up in the doctor's eyes, this is the first time that I've seen Tennant like really get emotional and cry. Like he's been angry. He's been a little disturbed, but this, this was, this was heartbreaking to see him standing there in the TARDIS by himself crying was, that was a gut punch for me. Yeah. This episode wrecks me every time i watch it i mean i rewatched it yesterday for this and i was a sobby mess by the end it just it's their acting performances it's the idea of the story it just oh it gets me every time um, it just it, it, and yeah. i know that um there was debate about whether the doctor was going to say it back and the producer julie gardner has said he was going to say it back because there was some back and forth about, well, was he going to say it or was he going to say something else? But she has said, yes, he was going to say, I love you too. I mean, I, I can see a universe in which he Han Solo's it and she goes, I love you. And he's like sitting there as he fades. He's like, I know. I know. No, I know. No, no. Um, well, but, he does say, he does say quite right too. So that is kind of Han Solo. Right, right. Uh, in, in a tenant kind of way. But uh, yeah, I, I that's at least the implication. I, oftentimes, I, I think my favorite stories uh have that aspect of ambiguity uh where you fill in the blank however you see the character uh responding um and i i i will fault certain directors because there are a lot of directors particularly that will fall on that sword and instead of making a decision they take the the cheap way out of a scenario by leaving it up to the audience's interpretation um in this particular case i actually like the fact that he doesn't say it because the next thing you see is him standing alone in the TARDIS crying. So even if the word love didn't get uttered, he felt it. He felt whatever you want to call it, it was strong enough to make this 900-year-old being feel sad. And especially for David Tennant, who has been this very euphoric, very excited, very upbeat and positive doctor, that moment hits. And regardless of what he was going to say, you know that it means so much that that's great. You want to put in your own, you know, insert what word he would say. That's up to you. But clearly it means a lot. And to me, yeah, he, of course he was going to say it. He was going to, he was going to say the word love. But um, again, working our way backwards through uh, the episode and some of the revelations, um, we get to see Jackie and her, her man sort of get back together. 
I mean, not really her man because he's from another universe. But like, there's this thing where he's like, "You're my Jackie, but you're not my Jackie, and I'm from a different universe, (laughs) (laughs) right?" But you know what? I'm gonna run up to you and give you a big old kiss anyway. And she like jumps jumps up on him and embraces him. And you know, earlier this series, she had a moment um, in the in the episode love and monsters where you know she she was clearly you know working to seduce this young guy and then has a conversation with rose and and you see her shake out of it so it it was great to finally see what you know what uh, jackie being happy and jackie benefiting from the doctor finally looks like you know because everybody has had an opportunity you know even mickey had an opportunity to see his grandmother who had passed away thanks to the doctor and you know jackie's been always left behind jackie's always been uh somewhere else and for the first time ever she you know she takes a a ride on the tardis and she gets that benefit uh that you know, means she gets to to see and ultimately she gets to be with her husband who she, you know, argue with him as she might, she clearly loved. Yeah, yeah. it's this beautiful <laughs> moment amidst all the chaos of that episode. But it just, it works. It mm-hmm. really does. And now she gets her happy ending. Uh, I, I mean, as much as I hate the idea that, you know, Rose is sort of her arc is generally complete and done. Uh, I like the idea that she's not the only one who gets to have sort of an ending, you know, Jackie gets to have that ending too. Uh, and uh, in, in the episode, love and monsters, the, the kid, the, that's doing the sort of the telling of the story, uh, talks about how there there's a cost to being with the doctor uh and he says i wonder how long it's going to be until jackie and rose have to pay that cost and for rose it's clearly a very you know exhausting toll because she does not get to be with the doctor forever like she wanted but for jackie she gets she gets everything. She gets her daughter, she gets her husband, and she gets to be in a universe where her husband is rich and can shower her with all of the things <laughs> that he was never able to give her when they were together, you know, in in her own universe. So if anything, Jackie's, you know, uh, unless something else happens that I don't know about, well, Jackie gets like the best of everything. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, I think Jackie paid her cost up front. Yeah, she ended up having that whole year where she didn't have her daughter, that she didn't know if she was alive or dead. Sure. And so growing and living without anybody that is your family and loving them uh, for that entire time, she sees her daughter going further and further away. All of that, those are the dues that she paid up front. So for her to get a happy ending is wonderful. It's like this Mm -hmm. person has survived her relationship with the doctor. She deserved it. uh, Association with him. Yeah, she deserved it. Yeah, she she earned every bit of that. A lot more than being... Yeah. And if you're if you're Rose and you've got to experience all these other amazing things, then, you know, her reward was up front and then the cost comes now. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she she still has (laughs) she still has Mickey. So it's not like she's completely alone. But, you know, Mickey is a as much as I like him. It's not a good substitute. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, say. Like he's he's are, a poor, you know. Yeah. I mean, he is he is much more adventurous. He is much more in control. It's, but it's 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 not fair to him. Sure, you know, sure. That's I mean, the thing. it's like uh, him being the substitute. It's like, oh, I'm 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 the I'm the tin dog. You well, know, he's, it, it's like asking no. Lewis Lane, who do you like, Superman or Jimmy Olsen? You know. 
like Superman can give you adventures that Jimmy Olsen's never going to be able to to give. But at the same time, in a, in a place where literally in a universe where the doctor does not exist and the doctor cannot tread, you know, that who else is she going to be able to have conversations that will not make her sound crazy. So, you know, she, in my head, she's going to end up with Mickey. It's not going to be, you know, the, the happiest of relationships, but you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, no, that's who he's going to be able to comfort her in ways that nobody else will, yeah, no. because he knows. <laughs> no. Nope. No, that's that's a nope, that's a trash that's a relationship. Hard no. no, don't don't. No, I, no. I don't know. I mean, like he he was he. Uh, by the time they were in the TARDIS together, by the time they made it to that friendship, uh, you know, where with with all the weird windows and the, or the the magic doors, as the Doctor called them, um, it was obvious that Mickey was out for the adventure, um. But that Rose was no longer his Rose. And now that Rose doesn't have the doctor, yes, it's going to hurt. And it's going to be a pain that she's going to carry for a good long time. But no human being can sit there and just carry that grief for the rest of her life. And out of all of the people in that new universe, the only ones that are going to really understand are Jackie, Mickey, and her father. And out of all of them, the only ones that have really spent any real time with the doctor are Mickey and her. So Mickey is the only choice in the sense that Mickey's the only one that's going to be able to comfort her and understand when she pines for the doctor, <laughs> unlike any other dude. <laughs> yeah, again, uh, this is a terrible, terrible relationship. No, no, so no, 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 no. This is okay. No. All right, <laughs> no, all right. No. I know you love Mickey. Yeah. I know you love him, Daniel. But no. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I want what I want is for Rose to not feel like she is completely alone, and in the absence of the Doctor. <laughs> well, then you're assuming a lot. You're assuming that that Mickey can actually fill that role of the doctor in the absence and you're, uh, you're assuming Look, that he wants Mickey, to. Mickey made it abundantly clear that he loved Rose even though she loved the doctor uh, to the point that he was willing to de- lay down his life for her. So I, I, I think Mickey would absolutely be there for her and if the relationship rekindled, he would absolutely be there for it, even though he knows if the doctor was ever to cross through the void and back into that dimension, that Rose would leave him in a heartbeat. And I think... I don't <clears throat> think you're giving Mickey enough credit because to me that sounds just like a, that's an insult. That is a... That is not the way that anybody should be living their life. Being a and second I don't choice. Care if it is a fictional. Yeah, no I, I, no, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying. Yeah. In the world that they end up, that seems like the most likely uh, choices. <laughs> but moving on, moving on to right. the oh, to the menace. Agree to disagree. Moving on to the menace. <laughs> we, so we talked about this, and uh, no, no, no. I I, I completely agree uh, with you guys. Don't don't get me wrong. I I can see it from both sides. I just in in my version of writing things. Well, no, it, I, I want them the both to sort of end. You know, it, it's like uh, at the end of um, the. Uh, Catching Fire, uh, the, the the last uh, Hunger Game book, where she you know that she ends up together with Peter, okay. even though clearly the relationship with Peter was less about the heat and the passion and more about you know the. Uh, I think that's what I mean. Is in in a, in a world in which you know two scarred human beings are left alone and and in a world that nobody will understand the scars that they've endured 
there's at least solace in and being able to sort of join together and have that shared emotion that they can rely on and build a relationship on. So I don't think it would be a horrible relationship. It would just be a relationship built on all of the experiences that they've had. Uh, and it, it would be a different kind of emotion. But anyways, Moving on to the menace, uh, we mentioned this uh, on the last episode, uh, and uh, Eric and I discussed it in uh, Age of Steel and Rise of Cybermen. What would happen if the Cybermen and the Dalek faced off? And the answer is the Dalek would wipe the floor with the Cybermen. (laughs) And they would have the best casting shade you know the best oh uh, the trash uh, like talking or something they, <laughs> they were throwing insults at each other and it was brilliant oh god yeah it's like like uh oh there's only one thing you do better oh my than god it's like really there's millions of us there's billions of us and there's Rock only Mike. four of you and he's like that's plenty to destroy you <laughs> <laughs> oh we my god like it was <laughs> it was so awesome it was like watching this epic battle between you know two immovable forces and just like the dalek were like it's not even a contest man it's not even uh and then the the that chrysalis or what was that chamber the genesis chamber genesis arc the Genesis arc, yeah. which I kept expecting, like, uh, you know, uh, Captain James T. Kirk <laughs> to come on to somewhere. Kirk. Like, <laughs> Daleks. <laughs> you know, instead of Khan. Uh, Where's Carol Marcus? Right. <laughs> where, where, where was that storyline? Uh, but I love that in, in, like, the last sort of stumbling bit that we see Mickey have, he like trips backwards and accidentally activates the Genesis chamber and enables well done Mickey like the spinning like Pez dispenser of Daleks. <laughs> and, and A ton I, more technology, bigger on the inside. So I was gonna ask, like I the doctor dismisses it as well, both sides can have secrets this is the first time that the doctor sort of openly admits that there may not, that there is a limit to his knowledge, that his knowledge is not as infinite as he sometimes plays it up to be. Oh yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot that went on that he doesn't know about that. We don't know about, um, you know, there was a lot of shady things happening, especially around the time war. So Mm. there's a lot that's unknown. But I, I love how he all of a sudden goes, oh, Time Lord technology, it's bigger on the inside. <laughs> on the inside. Because <laughs> that's what everybody says when they see the TARDIS there. That, that, that gets repeated every single comes time. Comes into the TARDIS. It's bigger on the inside. Comes into the TARDIS. I, <laughs> I loved, uh, oh, and we mentioned it in the podcast yeah. before, uh, Lady Slovene, uh you know, goes, how did you get the outside around the inside? Uh, I think that's my favorite way of phrasing the, uh, (laughs) it's bigger on the inside way. Um, But we, um, we see, we see this like giant confrontation. And as these, you know, millions of uh, Daleks start shooting out of this Genesis chamber, spinning, you know, over the streets of London like it's a no contest situation. The Daleks are just wiping, wiping out. Uh, and we've talked about how, you know, the, there always seems to be uh, carnage wherever the doctor goes. There's, uh, you know, an un, unmitigated uh, level of carnage in this episode where, you know, how many Londonites got just taken out by the Daleks? Yeah, it seems to always follow the doctor, doesn't it? <laughs> right, right. Well, death is doctor's one constant companion. They've said that before. And yes. we saw, because um, we, I, I believe Eric and I also engaged in this conversation in which, you know, how could Jackie, 
remember being Jackie while she is a Cyberman. You know, how would that be possible if the idea of being mm-hmm. Cybermen is that they have one hive mentality? And we saw yet another example of somebody sort of not quite fully taking the Cybermen upgrade. With Yvonne. Uh, and, right, with Yvonne and the little mm-hmm. Cybermen tear uh, as she says, I did what I had to do, or what was the, the her quote? I did my duty. I did my duty, yeah. You know, like, that was her last little bit of, like, I'm not going to go, you know, I, I, I may have gone down, I may not... Softly into that good Right, I, I mean, I may no longer be the person that I was, but I'm not going to betray my ultimate mission. Um and you know the, there is a moment uh, yeah i think it's a lot of the the personality you know if you have that strong determined personality the way jackie and the uh, other dimension did or the way yvonne does here um that you know it's such an important thing so big that you can't suppress it and so even with the uh being your brain taken out and put into a tin can it's still you and so you're going to you know you're you're going to do what you need to do well and the, there was mention uh i believe it was at the end of the last episode um when um rose tries to use the psychic paper on the doctor that's part of the torchwood mm-hmm. uh and he says everybody at torchwood has some level of psychic training so psychic paper doesn't work on me so it could be that part of their psychic training allowed her to escape some of that cybermen sort of brainwashing control um because unlike jackie you know we we could but that doesn't explain jack well we we can we can say that you know jackie had just been quote-unquote minted into a uh, cyberman so she may still have had like a slight remnants or an echo of her memory as the the programming officially takes hold whereas this clearly happens you know uh a little bit after and you know maybe that's why she was able to to do that um but i we we are introduced to the idea that there is a Torchwood in the other universe. I did ask that question of uh, our very own Eric Sweetman of how could there be a Torchwood in another universe if the Doctor does not exist? And we get the answer that, you know, they, they just, they were created with a different charter. They were created with the idea of keeping aliens at bay, uh, just not the Doctor at bay. Still sounds like a good answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, the, there was the, the, there was a mirror duality to it, kind of thing, uh, and that it was that technology mm-hmm. that they stole from the Torchwood that the Jackie, or I'm sorry, uh, Rose's dad. Uh, what's his name? Pete. Pete. That Pete is able to. Yeah, Pete Tyler. Pete Tyler. That he's able to take over the Torchwood uh, Institute and basically the Torchwood organization in their universe um, is kind of a cool idea that, you know, Rose and Pete are basically going to be running Torchwood in this new version of London. Uh, I, you know, talk about, you know, another sort of good way to end the, those characters' uh, arcs. That's kind of cool, you know. They're they're gonna, in one way or another, still be involved with alien life. Yeah, I mean, she can't just go back working at a shop like she joked with the doctor. She's seen and done <laughs> too many amazing things. She has to do this line of business now. Right. <laughs> She's like, I can't get it out of my head unless you got one of those memory messer upper things. We're not going to be able to oh. <laughs> wipe that memory out. 
Um, or just put her into a tin can, it would probably do it. Well, and speaking of tin cans, uh, the Daleks once again seem to evade a complete and utter destruction. The the uh, the one Dalek that seemed to be in control of the others uh, like fades into another dimension or fades out of existence. Like, are they are the Daleks? Have the Daleks been known to be able to teleport? That's a good question, Eric. Do you know the answer to that? I do not know the answer to that. I was stalling for time. (laughs) (laughs) Searching Um, the internet. (laughs) Doctor Who. Maybe he's super powerful that he has that. (laughs) I mean. Well, if he's one of those advanced models, if he's the the one in charge. But these things were um, relics from the, the, the time of war. So there's a lot of the technology that could have happened to them since then, but we he wasn't part of it. Well, yeah, like that's the thing with these Daleks is is because they are displaced. They've been in the void. That, that was the cool thing that we did find out is that they were uh, unique to the Dalek race. They were a sort of separate contingent. The cult of Scarrow. Right. The cult of Scarrow. That was kind of cool. The the idea that within the ranks of the Dalek, they had this group that had sort of splintered and had developed a little bit of a personality, individual personalities, uh, to try to think like the enemy. And that, of course, you know, they would be the ones to be able to have escaped. But they also never talked about how they ended up in the void in the first place. So maybe that teleport capability is how they ended up in the void in the first place and so he's able to kind of phase in and out without having to be sucked in through the portal sure we'll go i think that. anything's possible <laughs> so is there anything in this episode that i miss is there anything in this episode that is going to be referenced again um and talked about again well, that that coastline, you know, that uh, that where Rose ends up. I know we didn't discuss it, but it's, you know, that Bad Wolf Bay, you know, the uh, um, like that location that that does continue to have um, resonance in future episodes, mm-hmm. future seasons. And we, yeah, it's all part of that. We talked about uh, discussing something um, that I sort of held off on because we we hadn't concluded the storyline yet. Uh, and after watching this week's episode, what what was the thing that you guys were going to talk about uh, last <laughs> week uh, on the podcast that that I stalled you on? Well, there is another spinoff. I don't know. From I make Doctor this Who, I go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um, there is a spinoff and it is called Torchwood and, um, it stars someone that you know and love already. And it aired at the same time as the, the first season of Torchwood aired at the same time as the third season of Doctor Who. And they, the two of them will intersect, um, over the next few seasons, um, so I think it would be beneficial if you at least watch the first two seasons of Torchwood. The last two were very weird and different, but the first two definitely so watch feed in, into in tangent. episodes. So episode one of Torchwood, series one, episode one of series three, watch them together kind of. Uh, I don't know if you need to do it Yeah, kind of. So I mean, it's not like the together, whole but... season, but... Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not like every single episode feeds into the the other, but um, definitely towards the end. But I mean, it's just a good show in general. Yeah. Um, it stars an amazing character who you already know, and a bunch um, of amazing characters. And that you know. it also stars <laughs> some actors that you have seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's see here. One, two, at least two of the other actors. You've seen on the, on uh, it with Doctor Who before. Okay. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Well, uh, as different characters, yes, but, the, I, but the lead is someone you know. I've of course known about Torchwood um, for two reasons. One, I had heard of um, a couple of my friends that are Doctor Who fans talk about Torchwood. So I mm-hmm. put two and two together. Uh, but most recently, <laughs> as I've been watching the episodes on uh, HBO Max, uh, when it comes up with because you watch Doctor Who, you might be interested in, and there is a poster of Torchwood <laughs> with the you know who person that appears. <laughs> and if if you are like me, dear listener, and have not seen any Doctor Who, I'm not going to spoil it for you. But if you're like me and you're watching this through HBO Max, you know, <laughs> chances are you probably have already seen, yeah. It's not really that much of a secret. <laughs> going to be featured in yeah. Torchwood, but, but I'm not going to spoil it the, until we have to talk The other about two it. actors, those are the ones that you might be going, oh my goodness, there is a connection here. And I think that's the fun part. Also, the uh, the events like I was talking about with the, uh, the Cybermen invasion that we got to see in this episode, uh, that affects the um, some of the plots of Torchwood later. And it's just a really good oh, show. It's a great show. I well, I'm I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to uh, to watching it. Uh, so, last question: Cybermen got sucked back into the void, not into the other universe. Basically, they're in the middle. The Rose universe, the 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 Rose Tyler or the Tyler universe, uh, is not affected by Cybermen. Pete's anymore. world. <laughs> Pete's world. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, they're all in the void now. All right. Anything else that I missed in this episode? Ashley's fun facts for this episode. <laughs> Let's do it. Ashley fun facts. Trademarks. <laughs> I know. I should little trademark it. So, I mean, we've already talked about how cool it was to have the Daleks and the Cybermen together. Um, but this was a big episode in Doctor Who history because it's the first time they did appear together on screen in the same scene. Um, they had tried to do it in the past, but apparently Terry Nation, who created the Daleks, had vetoed it. He was mm. not a fan of the idea for some reason. Um, but this episode aired the same week as the 2006 World Cup. And so they built it up, you know, with all the publicity. They had dueling covers of the Radio Times, you know, one cover with the Dalek, <laughs> one with the Siren. So it was a big, uh, um, a big moment for all the for all the fanboys. Hey, listen, I, I love me some um, World Cup, so. <laughs> well, speaking of the World Cup, the ratings for this episode were higher than the ratings for the World Cup because <laughs> this was such a big thing in in london doctor who wins I in london <laughs> worldwide <laughs> worldwide i i can tell you i was not watching yeah, doctor who in 2006 i was watching the world cup in I fact watched the, all of doctor who <laughs> and i have never watched the world cup <laughs> yeah me either <laughs> so next fun fact ashley there are no more fun okay <laughs> sorry i have a lot because this is my favorite episode this is your, this is your jam just, oh, okay <laughs> this this is my moment guys okay and i promised myself i wasn't gonna cry and i haven't so it's good um i did so the moment the moment on the beach at the end um mm. was voted in 2014 the top sci-fi moment of all time with 96,300 votes, it got more votes than the Luke, I am your father and wow. Empire. Wow. So it's a, it's a big moment. <laughs> well, I mean, it, part of it has to be that like British sort of hometown, you know, uh, favorability. Because I'm sure if that was a worldwide vote, it'd be a little different. But I I could see that I it, it is it is a very 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 emotionally fraught moment. And you were talking about earlier, you know, Rose dying or or whatever. Um, Russell T Davies said that the actually killing Roth was more even and for them. He said it would be moralizing to Rose off. So to know <laughs> the yeah the. I can't imagine what would have actually happened if she had, if she had actually died in any way, shape or form 
for reals. Uh, I don't know that my, um, I don't know that my TV would have survived that viewing. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's so intense. Um, but something that I did when I was rewatching, I watched the episode and then I pulled out my DVD and I listened to the commentary and for this episode, it's actually a picture in picture commentary where you can watch the actors watching it. Mm. Um, and so you get to see David and Billy reacting to everything. And uh, just some funny things that Billy was talking about was that fluffy Angora sweater uh, that she wears the whole episode. She said it kept flying everywhere and it was getting in her teeth and in her eyelashes mm. and it would just kept messing up all of the seats it reminded me of like fred and ginger rogers when she had that you know feathery dress that kept yeah. flying everywhere and messing <laughs> everything up that's fun um but i think it's also interesting to think about too that you know because this was with the cybermen and pete and mickey these two episodes were filmed much earlier <laughs> in the season, they were filmed with the other two Cybermen episodes, Age of Steel and Rise of Cybermen. So mm. they had filmed all this deeply emotional, horrible goodbyes, you know, and then they had all these other episodes to do. And I think it, it was Eric who mentioned that episode at the end of um, the Satan pit when they're on the TARDIS and they say like the doctor and Rose, the stuff of legends, that was the actual last scene that Billy Piper filmed on the show. And yeah, obviously um, it was very you know, emotional it was John day. John brought it up on the podcast. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So I must have been weird to film this, you know, so emotional goodbye. And then they had, you know, six episodes <laughs> left or whatever it was. But uh, I was like, you finish the and scene and then got... you're like, see you at work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> And originally only David and Billy were given the last, you know, few pages of that script. And they got it during the filming of Tooth and Claw. Oh, wow. So all the people on the crew were like, why are they so upset? This isn't really a sad episode. Um, <laughs> but something I thought was funny when I was watching the commentary, um, David Tennant brought up a good point is that the doctor... When he grabs the magna clamps, he grabs two of them, mm -hmm. not just one. So did he already know in his head that Rose was going to defy the trickery and come back and stay? Well, I mean, two is better than one. And, you know, had it been just him, <laughs> he might have he might have put both of them down and, you know, put both of his arms around it, you know, as a fail safe system. That's like, true. That's true. I just thought it was interesting because I didn't think about that. Yeah. What yeah, would I mean, if one of them didn't work? For, for somebody that is uh, taught to think about redundancies when it comes to, you know, saving your life, <laughs> uh, he picked up two. It, it didn't even strike me as, oh, well, he, maybe he was foreseeing. No, he was, he, he wanted to make sure he had everything he needed to, to get through the plan. Yeah. And it was so sweet. Right. It was so sweet to watch them on the commentary because when they did get to that end scene, oh, I mean, Billy yeah. was crying watching the episode mm -hmm. and David was tearing up and they just kept looking at each other. I mean, this episode is just, oh, it's so sad, but it's so good. And when she has that, what they, the director called her death scream, you know, when she's about to go through the void, we think. Yeah, yeah. It reminded me, it reminded me so much of Somewhere in Time when he goes back to the future and she's screaming, Richard, Richard, oh, and yeah. the camera pans back. Oh my God, like that oh, scream. Oh, you're breaking my heart. Because yeah, scene, that, it was oh. just, right? You, like, I couldn't even listen to it at some point because it was just so sad but i just i like the the episode it wrecks me but i love to watch it at the same time because well, their performances i are I, just 
So good. She keeps talking about how she's going to die. She's going to die. That when, you know, you see her fingertips not hold on and go, I'm like, okay, this is it. And as as involved in the scene, I, as I was, you know, it, it was immensely sad. And then you hear, and you know, you hear her scream and you hear the doctor scream. And then to see that heroic Pete moment, where he just jumps back, puts the thing on her and jumps out of the way. And you're like, especially, you know, arcing back to uh, series one in that episode where Rose gets to basically be there for him at the end. It was such an awesome thing to like see Pete react to that, that I, I was already moved to almost the verge of tears. And then you see that and it's that like jump out of your seat moment of like, yes, of course. Hells yeah. Like it just, it felt so satisfying uh, that I. And it's, you're right. It's such a good like arc for them. It's a good finale to the arc. But the funny thing is there was debate when they were filming it between should it be Pete or should it be Mickey that saves her? And ultimately they chose Pete because they said it was symbolic of him accepting Rose as his own, because, you know, initially he's like, Oh, she's not my daughter. Sure. But it's just such a beautiful ending to that. Yeah, no, it, it, this episode is definitely a roller coaster. um, And in the best way possible, it leaves, you know, and we talked about it. We talked about it uh, at great lengths in this uh, podcast, but it leaves Rose in a place where I feel like if if she's going to end her story, that's the way it needed to end, and it needed to end in that sort of abrupt way, uh, where it's kind of like a band aid. You have to just kind of rip it off deal with the pain and then move (laughs) forward because I don't know that I could have taken like a long drawn out reason as to why she can no longer be with the doctor. And the fact that she's sort of trapped on the other side of this dimensional void is just amazing. Just great writing. It's just, that's what it is. It's great writing uh, that leads to. Yeah. Russell T Davies is amazing. And I just have one more thing to say about the music. Um, the song that plays when they're separated, you know, and they're on the other side of the wall. Um, that mm-hmm. song is called Doomsday. And apparently it was so popular that the BBC got flooded with thousands of thousands of emails. And that song is what prompted um, them to finally release a Doctor Who soundtrack huh. because it was just so popular. And Uh, I found a quote uh, from Murray Gold, the composer, about this song. And he said that it was supposed to represent Rose's unbridled energy and determination as she searches for the doctor. And that he wanted to get the kind of throbbing sort of hurt sound of quite emotional rock because I thought that's what Rose would do if she was hurting and ran up to her bedroom, locked herself in the room and had a good cry. That's, uh, wow, that's, that's amazing. I, I I honestly didn't really, I, I noticed that there was a, a bit of music, but I didn't really pay that much attention to it on the first viewing. So I, I'm definitely going to go back and watch this episode a, a couple more times. Uh, so I'll definitely make sure to turn up the volume during that little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good song. It's very haunting too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess this is the end of Rose's story to my horror because she's my favorite but i will say after watching this episode the first time you know rose does get that bit of closure at the end where he says i'm burning up a sun to say goodbye i mean oh my god don't get me started on that line that's just beautiful right right i i felt like i i still need closure after this episode when i watched it for the first time and even now watching it even though i've seen all of it i i need closure still (laughs) and i'm guessing we're not going to find out if there is closure until a later time i'm not saying anything um (laughs) i mean 
the, the, like, like, uh, you know, he was saying the beach is a very important thing, but, um, Rose's, uh, loss is going to be felt for a very long time. This is not just, okay, next season we have a new companion and we'll never mention Rose again. No, she, her, her loss is going to be felt for a very, very long time. Well, um, as is always the case, I guess, um, they, they didn't just leave it alone. The, the episode doesn't just end <laughs> of course. in that sort of down note. It ends uh, with what I can only assume is a cliffhanger for the Christmas episode. Yep. And mm-hmm. The reason I say that is because I saw the name of the Christmas episode. Uh, but all of a sudden on the ship, there's, there's somebody that appears on <laughs> inside right. the uh, the TARDIS, and she's she's not happy, and <laughs> she turns around and starts talking to the Doctor, and he has no clue who she is. <laughs> is there anything that we can talk about before I guess jumping into that episode? Yeah, I think she likes to yell. That's the kind of vibe I'm getting from her. Uh, well. There'll be an episode to discuss her, but thank you so much, uh, the two of you, for joining me. Uh, I'm glad I had the two of you here because, uh, gosh, I needed uh, I needed somebody's hand to hold uh, through this episode. Uh, like the doctor mentioned uh, uh, two weeks ago now uh, in the episode uh, where, you know, sometimes you need a hand to hold through uh, when you're traveling through space. Well, I definitely needed a hand or two to hold the, during these two episodes because, oh boy, that was a roller coaster of emotions. And uh, I'm, I'm glad I had both of you here to share in that uh, emotional ride. So thank you very much. And thank you, dear listener, for making it to the end of yet another First Time Lord podcast. Uh, If you have not, please visit our website at firsttimelord.com. You can leave comments on all of our past episodes. Uh, Let us us know. What do you think? Do you think that uh, I'm right and that uh, Rose ends up with Mickey? Or do you think that Ashley and Eric are right (laughs) and I am putting Mickey in a dead-end relationship? Uh, let us know <laughs> what you think. Or do you have access to future information that is not yet revealed at this time? Uh, yes, and if you do, don't spoil me. But thanks so much. Don't tell him. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much, everybody. And uh, I guess uh, let's. Uh, I'm going to jump in that uh, lonely TARDIS and uh, find out why there's a woman in a wedding dress. See you next week, everybody. Hang on, though, Doctor. You never really said. You two. Who are you? Oh. The stuff of legend. <laughs> <laughs>